Hey everyone, and welcome back to Meander with Maddie. I'm your host, Madison McGlone, and this is a podcast about pathways, where I speak to guests of all shapes, stages, and ages, sharing where they were headed, the crossroads they faced, and the path they're now meandering. I took a quick mid-season break while I was traveling to see some friends last week, and with the summer class I'm in currently coming towards final projects, it was definitely much needed. Funny enough, my guest today on the podcast is Morgan Sidlowski, who was introduced to me by Maggie Shaleen, the friend I was traveling to see. All three of us went to Stonehill College together, but Morgan graduated a little bit before me, and unfortunately, our paths never crossed. Maggie listens to the pod and thought Morgan would be a great fit, and I'm so glad she connected us because we had an awesome conversation. If there's anyone you want to see on the pod, please shoot me a DM at meanderwithmaddie or on my personal Instagram at madisonomaglone, and I'd love to hear your thoughts. Morgan is a solo female traveler who started living the digital nomad lifestyle this year in January 2022. In this episode, we talk about what experiences in college led her to fall deeper in love with traveling and exploration, how a pandemic prompted her to make big changes, including a new job, and what finally led her to make the leap to be a full-time digital nomad. In this day and age, there is a lot of buzz around these types of no-strings-attached digital nomad lifestyles where you're gallivanting the globe, hopping from hostel to hostel, or roughing it in your van, maybe even a sailboat. I've seen a lot more of those creep across my feed lately. Of course, like anything else we see online, Solo traveling is not just for famous influencers and not every day is perfect. I hope you find it refreshing to hear from someone who is just at the beginning of this journey, not some famous YouTuber whose whole life is content creation. Morgan is still working full-time. She is a newly promoted director of marketing for a disaster relief nonprofit, which is super cool, and we talk about that a little bit as well. But mainly Morgan and I talk about the highs and lows of solo travel, including safety concerns, making friends on the road, and how freeing it can be truly to choose how your day unfolds. As an avid traveler myself, who admittedly has not booked an adventure in a little while, this conversation gave me the travel bug once again. I'm putting this out there in the universe. It is my plan to go to Costa Rica in 2023, and I'm definitely going to be hitting Morgan up for tips when I make that happen. Quick last note, there is some audio issues with Morgan's track from time to time, She was recording from a hostel and their community room was closed, so she had to step into the bar. There was some light banging and ringing noise for a few moments in the beginning. They must have been doing some work, uh, but that goes away pretty quick. And then there's just some light background conversation throughout the remainder, but again, it's still not that bad. Of course, all the people left the bar the second, I mean the second we stopped recording. It was silent, but that is just how these things go. Even with some slight audio mishaps, it's still very much worth a listen, totally manageable, and I really appreciate your patience in doing so. So without further ado, let's meander together with Morgan. All right. Hey, Morgan. I'm so happy to have you on today. And shout out to our mutual friend Maggie for putting this conversation together. It was a good inspiration for our chat. I did a little bit of an intro, but you can definitely take some time now to introduce yourself, who you are, where you call home, maybe where you are now since we are talking about your travels. Yes, I am so happy to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yes, shout out to Maggie. So kind of her to to loop me in. Um, but yeah, no, I'm super excited to, to share kind of my, my life, I guess. I never thought I'd be on a podcast for just, you know, doing me. Um, but yeah, just a little bit about me. So um, I am 28 years old, currently traveling around as a digital nomad. Um, my day job is 
Um, I'm the marketing director for a um, disaster relief nonprofit. Um, so I do that for the day. And then I do other things, kind of my passions around like photography. Uh, I used to do a lot of dog walking. And when I lived in Boston, <laughs> wish I could still do that. Also just love, uh, I call myself like a professional vegan food tester. So I try to do a lot of that. But yeah, like I said, uh, currently doing the digital nomad life. Um, I'm a like female solo traveler. I pride myself on it. It's something that I've started doing since the beginning of this year. Um, so have been traveling around. Um, I've been to Costa Rica, uh, Mexico. I'm currently in the, um, the UK and have been traveling since um, July, like the beginning of July. And uh, I'm in this small town called Bath. Um, it is Roman inspired. Um, loving it here and just traveling around. Going to be going to, to Ireland next. But my home is Massachusetts, definitely. That's where um, I grew up. I went to college there. Still now. Shout out there. But my home is, yeah, with uh, usually where my, my parents are and, and my sisters, which is up northern North Shore, Massachusetts. Nice. Well, that's a good segue. I always like to set the scene of, you know, childhood and upbringing, and we don't have to go that far back, but at least Stonehill would be awesome, especially because that's our mutual connection. So you clearly have a love for travel now, and that's what we're going to spend most of the time talking about and all the cool places you've been and how you've made it your entire lifestyle right now, like you said. Looking back, what were maybe some things either in college or even before college that inspired you to travel? I know when we chatted, you said you did an LC course, which I also did throughout my time at Stonehill. So maybe we can talk about that or anything else even prior to that might have kind of given you that travel bug to begin with. Yes, yes, definitely. Oh, man, I feel like my travel bug started when I was really young. Um, with my family, we went on vacations, mainly with cruises, which now, looking back, I mean, still really fun, but just not what I would prefer going forward. Um, but yeah, you know, then we just go to those smaller islands. But uh, that's kind of like where it started. And then um, I think Stonehill just kind of gave me all the tools to do so. So yeah, I did the LC program, went to... Um, Costa Rica, and I absolutely loved it. We learned about ecotourism. Um, it was definitely a vacation. I think the professors just wanted a vacation, <laughs> so we went horseback riding. That's too funny. What were the classes that the LC was a part of then? Um, so I think it was just like, honestly, I don't remember. It was maybe like international business, um, definitely ecotourism. That was one of them. Um, I feel like there may have been a third one or something, but yeah, it was definitely just kind of exploring and learning how um, these different uh, like communities or economies are fueled off of tourism and how um, when it's like that, those economies have to make sure that, you know, anything that those tourists are bringing in or like how they're functioning is sustainable. So that was really cool. And Costa Rica does it really well. Wow, that's so interesting. I, I, I kind of see what you're saying, though, that maybe the professors just wanted to get on a vacation. Definitely. <laughs> I did an LC too, um, and we went to Italy, and that was somewhat similar, I feel like. But they're all fun, and they really are inspiring, and you do learn a lot. I learned a lot in my classes, and I did see how it applied to the travel aspect. But yeah, I could tell some crazy stories about the professors on the LC trip, but it was a lot of fun. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I forget. I had two professors. One of them was Professor Lee, who's this very old dry sense of humor man um but my favorite highlight probably from costa rica was we did um zip lining and one of the zip lines we did like tandem so i had to go in between someone's legs and i i did that with my professor and it was just probably the, the funniest thing we both were like oh god um but yes it was so good was that your first time well, I guess maybe you said the islands were international. 
how did that trip differ from the travels you had done before? Yeah, I think that was a lot of my travel was with my family. I feel like there are two different types of like vacations. One of them is, you know, you go to a beach, you relax, you sit by a pool, you read. Um, and then the other one is, you know, actually exploring um, like an area, a country. So I think this one was one of the first times maybe where it was actually like, um, you know, interacting with the community, um, you know, learning more about them. So I think that was um, my my first kind of experience there. Nice. I definitely agree. And I think I, I learned that as well through my LC. Just there's nothing wrong with going and sitting at a resort and lounging for a week or so, but it's a different kind of feeling and you're going with different intentions and making different plans and seeking out different things. So that's cool that you um, did that in your program too. After you did the LC, you study abroad in Croatia as well. So maybe can you talk a little bit about that experience? Yes, definitely. Um, I think the studying abroad was honestly what probably awakened like my traveling bug. Um, so studied abroad in Croatia. Um, I originally really wanted to go study abroad in Prague. Um, I just loved the architecture there. And for some reason, I was denied. And I still don't know to this day why. I had good grades. I have no idea. But it was probably like a blessing that it happened because I went with actually two people um, that I was friends with. I was on the rugby team at Stonehill, and they were both going. So we were all roommates together. And um, from there, it was just nice to kind of have them around because I think maybe if I went by myself, it would have been almost too much. Um, so kind of was able to lean on them. Um, we did a lot of like backpacking in the middle of our studies. Um, for some reason in Croatia, they gave us like a month and a half off. So we were like, oh, we'll just go travel around. So um, that was the first time I really did, you know, bigger travels. And um, I went to uh, like Italy, um, France, Holland, a bunch of different places. But I learned a lot. Comparing myself to 2015 now, where I'm now just looking back and seeing how dependent I was on kind of everyone else's plans and what they wanted to do. Like, I'm a very laid back, easygoing person. And basically, I kind of let them do all the planning. I was like, wherever you want to go, I don't care. I'm just happy to be here. Um, but now I feel like I travel so differently. Um, you know, I'm by myself, so I make my own plans. So it's really, it's really different. And it's like cool just to kind of look back on who I was and what I like to do and just how that kind of framed me for going forward and just kind of creating that foundation of like, all right, I like this, but what do I like about it? Yeah, that definitely makes a lot of sense in the short few amount of trips that I've taken with my friends or in group settings. It always is illuminating like who I travel well with and how I am around those people. Um, I did a trip with one of my best childhood friends for three weeks in Europe. So when I say like, oh, when I went to Europe, that's besides the trip to uh, Italy with my LC, that's basically the only trip I'm talking about. But it just taught us a lot about how we like to travel, where we like to go, who we would prefer to go with, maybe to certain destinations and others. Um, we stayed in a few hostels, which I'm excited to ask you about your hostel experiences because I know you're in one now. So that's why we hear some background noise here and there and whatnot. But I don't know what we were thinking, like in my own experience with hostels, I don't know what we were thinking going because if we sat and thought about who we, you know, who I am and who she is, it did not make any sense. Like 
for me, it would made sense because I'm like so cheap. So I'm like cheapest route possible. We're going to go. But for her, she's a germaphobe. She doesn't want to be around strangers. And I don't, but neither of us sat and thought like, what does a hostel look like? Like, what does that mean? What is our experience going to be? So it's always, you know, just a quick aside example there, but it's always good to like learn about how you like to travel and just reflect on those experiences and you said you were mostly with uh like another group of young women your age like your rugby teammates yeah yeah so we were we were together so it was just the three of us um you know when in Croatia we were in an apartment but when we traveled we did both a mix of Airbnbs and hostels yeah we had no idea what we were getting into it's my first hostel experience and um I just remember going to one in Amsterdam and oh my gosh, it was called like Bob's Youth Hostel, which great for the price, like just a place to sleep, which is what you want in a hostel. Um, But it was so creepy. I just remember it looking like a jail cell and like having like pink, pink like tiles up and down the walls and like everything was like broken. It was like a 10 person room. We were the only three people in there, which was great. But I was like, what? Is this all hostels? I mean, I've only really been traveling since January, but definitely have stayed in a fair few, um, both really, really nice ones, and then ones that are not so great. You you travel to, to see places, and, you know, for me, I, I hate spending money on something that I'm just resting my head in, so I'd rather just spend my money elsewhere and, yeah, try to find the cheapest places while also trying to make sure that it's safe and, like, Um, Yeah, I think safety is probably the number one thing when I am looking at a hostel. Yeah, it is interesting how different hostels can be from, I mean, I think we only stayed in three in my trip, three or four, and some of them were so nice, private room for not that much more money and had really great amenities, and then some, like, we had to get our room changed because we just did not feel safe with the people that we were with, so it can be varied, but Anyways, moving on to uh, after Stonehill. So you got the travel bug at a young age. You did these cool experiences that maybe showed you a little bit more about what it means to explore and really travel with purpose. As you got older at Stonehill, what did you do after Stonehill when you graduated? Yeah, so I feel like, oh my gosh, it was like four years of just a roller coaster of different things. So um, after I graduated, I missed Stonehill so much. I absolutely loved I loved it there, and I, I think I got, I just got so sad not being around my friends all the time, um, and just kind of trying to figure out, like, what do I want to do? Uh, I did live at home for a year, and um, so I got a job in Boston, lived at home up in Amesbury, Massachusetts, which is, like, an hour north of Boston, so my year I spent just getting up, taking the bus at, like, 6.30 in the morning, going into Boston, working eight hours, um, probably being late and leaving early for the bus um, and just kind of not enjoying that. Um, I think life really changed once I got an apartment in Boston with um, one of my best friends, Andy. And um, so we, we found an apartment and it was so fun. We lived in Alston for two years. Um, and I think I just like really loved my independence, just seeing friends all the time, being close to people. Yeah. Enjoying that kind of new life and new perspective and just saying, like, Oh, I can really do whatever I want. Um, so that was kind of like, you know, after three or four years, I forget the timeline of things, but, um, was just in the same job, um, the same company. So I, I moved my way up from a marketing, uh, like a social media coordinator all the way up to like a marketing strategist. So learned a lot about, um, you know, basics like social media calendar up to like advertising on, on Facebook, Google, things like that. Um, and I really enjoyed my time 
but after a while I just felt myself getting on that money train and um, I never picture myself like that. I'm not someone that really chases after the expensive things in life, materialistic goods. Like, of course they're nice to have, but um, I was always fearful that that would happen. So after four years, um, I just realized I'm not, I'm not happy and it, it wasn't anyone's fault. I think it was just, I've been here for so long and I need a change. Um, so, and that's pretty much when the pandemic hit as well. So, um, you know, when that happened, I think everything just kind of flipped. I was working remotely. Um, I said, I need a new job. I had recently just got out of a very long relationship. So just kind of trying to figure out, you know, where do I want to go next? And I can do whatever I want. I can go wherever I want. I can get a job in the same field. I can, you know, do a completely change my career. So kind of just went down the hole of, all right, at least what I can do is find something that I'm passionate about. And there was a professor at Stonehill, his name was Professor Dolan, and I took his class freshman year of, of college. And it was one of those just kind of like finding yourself classes. Never knew those existed until I took it. And I, I love Professor Warren <laughs> Dolan. You know yeah. Oh my God, he um, was, okay, sorry to, to interject, no, but I, I just... Please. Yeah. Oh, I love him. He was my my lead for hope, like my faculty person for hope. Oh my god, he's so sweet. He's it it so wouldn't sweet. be the first time I've mentioned him on this podcast already, so I can't wait to hear this story about Warren Dahl. <laughs> I think of him like often, like every time someone wears a hat backwards, like because he would go around like in front of the the commons, just being like, "Hey, your hat's on backwards." Do you know that? Like to random kids walking by, he's so funny. Um, uh, yeah, so he said in that class freshman year, um, what puts the fire in your belly? And that stuck with me for forever because that's something that if I don't, you can, you know, something can put the fire in your belly and then it can fade. So like, what else is going to do that? What's going to feed that fire? And for me, like, I had no fire at all. I started, yeah, like I said, looking for new jobs. And my sister, who is also in like the disaster relief sector, um, she volunteered for the company that I'm now with. And basically when she did, she said, Morgan, either you need to volunteer for them or work for them. And I was like, well, I'm in the market for a new job. And they just happened to have a position open. And I got the role um, and about two years ago now. And it's been it's really exciting. Um, there's just a lot of different things happening. I feel really... I don't know, there's so many opportunities that have been opened up. Um, it's an international organization, so a lot of the um, people that I work with are from all over the world, which enables me to create my own schedule, um, which is why I get to travel. Um, you know, I don't have to work the 9 to 5, like Eastern time, I can do the 9 to 5 in UK time you know, meet so many new people on my travels. I just met with someone in Bristol who I used to work with on the marketing team. So it's just, you make all these different connections throughout the world and, and then you feel really good about what you do because it's, it's for a nonprofit and, you know, you're, you're supporting like the impact of, um, you know, communities affected by disasters. And, uh, for me, that's just that, that puts the fire in my belly and makes me want to, want to keep doing things like this. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I want to ask you about from that little segment. (laughs) So it's interesting how the pandemic stepped into everyone's lives and obviously caused a lot of chaos and a lot of tragedy, but it really did give us time to reflect and maybe make some changes we've been wanting to make or didn't know that we had to make. And like you said, compounded with your job and just a change in relationship. I've been there, albeit maybe not during as much during the pandemic or actually maybe, I don't know. (laughs) On the pandemic, I, I did have all those things going on too now that I think about it, but it just opens the door and that's why I started this podcast because I just love 
talking about different pathways and reflecting and making changes because you realize you're unhappy or you have a new goal or what have you. So it's, I think the pandemic has really changed a lot of people's mindsets and just being open to different things. And then I'm so interested in this position of yours. I know I spoke about it on the phone a little bit before um, we got on the call today, but would you mind maybe spending a little bit of time just talking about like what your day-to-day looks like, exactly what department you are in this organization and how you're helping the disaster relief effort because it's just something I, I don't I don't know anyone who works in it. So it's really interesting. Yes, yes, definitely. It's really exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm in the marketing department. I am the director of marketing for my team. And basically what we do, like we have like three different goals and it's, you know, get volunteers on the ground, mobilize them, um, get more donations so we can help more communities and then just brand awareness uh, which is a very marketing term people don't always understand it but you know how do we get more people and more more donations and that's you know getting people to recognize who we are um so i mean my day-to-day is a lot of meetings um and you know in the remote world everyone wants to be very in the loop and caught up so it's a lot of meetings just connecting with different departments development team leadership team the operations team who are actually on the ground doing either remote assessments i mean we're in mexico we're in guatemala we're in the philippines it, it it makes me very happy just like every day what i'm doing it's it's really hard work because there's disasters happening every single day i mean what we do is we respond to um any natural disasters, so earthquakes, hurricanes, things like that. But because of the the climate crisis that's happening, of course, everything is you know increasing drastically. So the hurricane season started way earlier with Hurricane Agatha, and um, I mean obviously other um, hurricanes as well. But Hurricane Agatha specifically in Mexico, which actually I was in Mexico for, which is where our program was. So. That was my first real experience of like a category two hurricane, which was very scary. I couldn't even imagine what a, a stronger hurricane would be like. I mean, obviously I've, I've seen photos and I've worked in this organization, but it's just, it's so good to see that we have all these people willing to go in during, you know, tragic times to try to support others. And it's so inspiring to see the communities that we work with and how resilient they already are like you know we help them with a lot of like rebuilding schools or homes um in the philippines we're rebuilding boats for fishers which is really cool they're already they already do so much to um after you know disasters they they know what they need to do because most likely they've experienced these things before and they're, they're just so resilient so um i think we really we learn a lot from that thank you that's so enlightening because i was literally thinking like okay how do you market disaster relief <laughs> clearly makes sense now the volunteers and fundraising and garnering donations so thank you because that I was just sitting here thinking like I wanted what does that entail no worries yeah (laughs) so you said you got this position two years ago and have been traveling for about the past six months full-time talk about that maybe in between period where you have the new job of course the world is a little bit shut down still or completely shut down maybe when you got this role And what kind of led up to you deciding that you wanted to go fully kind of digital nomad lifestyle? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, So I feel like I've just, I've always wanted to travel and I've always been like, I just want to do something that's a little bit bigger outside myself. I don't want to stay in one place. So I think the pandemic, when I just was stuck in my very small bedroom where I worked out of, slept in, all that stuff. I, I just like, I felt really trapped. So I was like, how can I get myself out of this? And it was a big decision to kind of just 
already decide six months six months in advance I'm not going to renew my lease and I'm going to do something else like whether it's moving somewhere um, is it going to be traveling whatever it may be so um, I think it was just kind of making those decisions for myself and like you know just being like all right this is happening and then I will figure out the next steps um, but yeah so uh, I moved out um, last year September um, 2021 of my my Boston apartment with my after my two roommates uh, living with them for like four years and they were they were so great so it was really hard to do that but I was like some I'm, something's got to change like you know life happens life goes on so I originally was going to go to Costa Rica that fall yeah I got really nervous I was really scared of um, traveling solo I think it's I think it's a really natural thing to be scared, and I think that's what, if anyone wants to travel solo, whether it be, um, you know, just really anyone, but especially females, I think it's, there's a lot of, like, danger around it, um, so my family was very scared, and instead of a lot of questions around, you know, what are you excited for, it was like, how are you going to stay safe, what, what thing, what if something bad happens, who are you going to call, or where are you going to go to, um, and, you know, that was a lot of, created a lot of anxiety for me, and, um, so I just kind of pushed off traveling until I felt ready. And actually in that time of uh, like September till January of this year, um, I stayed at home and I actually really was able to get reconnected with like my family, my parents, my two amazing sisters and my new little niece um, who lived right down the road. So um, I was actually, again, really grateful that I made that decision because it allowed me to kind of prepare a little bit more. And um, again, just kind of reconnect with my family, um, which again, the pandemic is a horrible thing, but it, it did create all these different scenarios and um, things, positive things that did come out of it. The reason I uh, finally made the decision to go and, you know, do this traveling was um, New Year's Eve. I was at my friend's uh, New Year's Eve party that she throws almost every year. And um, we were just having a heart to heart, you know, probably 1 a.m. And, and she was just saying, you know, when are you when are you going to travel? And I was like, I don't know. I'm just like kind of kind of nervous. I'm just waiting. And she just said to me, you know, Morgan, like, you just got to do it. Like, you've been talking about this and you're going to do so well. You just you just need to do it because you keep talking about it. And like you know, you just got to go for it. So that really stuck with me. And the next day I bought my ticket to uh, Costa Rica and within two weeks I was gone and traveling. Um, and I just kind of, yeah, I think it's just kind of like making that leap of faith and also just buying the ticket, going and making that decision um, and looking forward to it because then you can't go back and then you actually have that date. You're like, this is going to happen then. It was really exciting, liberating just to be like, I'm, not, I'm on my own again. Like I can do this. And I think the first day I got to Costa Rica, I was a little, a little nervous because I told everyone that um, the, you know, the taxi from <laughs> the airport to my hostel, you know, if it's not with anyone, I'm not going to, if it's like not with other people, I just won't go because it was like an hour and a half ride, but there was no one in there. And I was like, well, it's getting dark and like, I don't want to go any later. So I just got in and I was like, shouldn't tell anyone this but I just I just went and like it was fine like I mean Costa Rica is a really safe country and um I think it's kind of putting everything into perspective like just because you leave home like not everything is dangerous like be cautious and be smart but you don't have to assume you step out your door and it's danger I think there's like a Lord of the Rings quote or something that has that but yeah um it's very, it's been a very exciting last like six, seven months. Wow, that's so awesome. I figured that you probably prepared a lot for it, but to hear that 
you both were prepared in the fact that, you know, you ended your lease early, you thought about it for a while, but you also weren't necessarily jumping at the bit to kind of get going. You were a little hesitant there. So that's really great that your friend could kind of step in and help you make that decision and just kind of push you a little bit when you needed it. I'm really scared of sharing my goals sometimes. It depends. Like some goals I'll shout it from the rooftop and I'll make everyone aware like this is what I want to do. And then sometimes I like hold it really close to my chest and won't tell anyone. And I think there's pros and cons to each, but I think at the end of the day, you have to let a few people know your intentions because that's who's going to hold you accountable. That is such a good point. I never really like thought about it in like that way, but it's so true because I think it's Sometimes when you say things out loud, it becomes real and or like maybe a little bit more scary. But it, yeah, it's so true because sometimes you just can't take on everything by yourself. You need the people that you trust the most that you know are going to be like your, your hype man, your cheerleader, whatever it may be. And yeah, I think my family is that for me. Definitely my friends. And um, it, yeah, for myself, sometimes <laughs> just trying to do that, but it's definitely hard. But yeah, oh, I love that. And I think it's just like talking about... Um, like goals I think it's interesting that you say uh you know yes some you just like keep close to you and I definitely did that a long time ago just because also you have that sometimes you have that doubt like if you say it out loud people are going to think that you are failing and um I had a a big thing with that about traveling and I actually went um because I said I was like I said I was going to travel in that fall I told everyone I said I'm going to Costa Rica in September I'm going I'm doing it and then I just didn't. And I, I had a big, like, chat with my family, just like, what are people going to think? Like, uh, and like, Morgan, who cares? Like, it's your life. Like, you're allowed to go back on your word. You're allowed to make changes that are in the best interest of, like, your mental health and, like, whatever whatever you need. And, like, I told my friends, you know, yeah, you do, you do whatever you want. Like, who cares? And I was like, why did I get so, you know, um, hyped up about this? And, I, you know, I also told myself the same thing when I went to Costa Rica and I said you know what if I don't like it in the first two weeks I just really hate being by myself um, I don't like the hostel experience or just being alone you know and so I allowed myself all right after a couple weeks if you really don't like it you can go home and again that's okay you tried it and I think trying is just what is the most important thing for me I love that you gave yourself kind of a rule of thumb there and gave yourself permission because I'm that type of person too I really overthink what the perception of it will be. A lot of times I'm very solid in like my decisions and it's not so much like, oh, I don't care if like if I were to go to Costa Rica, like I don't care what you think about me going to Costa Rica, but then if I, what if I don't do it or what if I don't like it or what if I don't like have the best time and like get to talk about it in the way that I dreamed or whatever. So I can, I can definitely relate there. Did you pick going to Costa Rica because of your LC trip? Was that like the main reason why you wanted to start out with that country? That's exactly it. And um, again, it was the me feeling nervous around solo travel, how am I going to handle it? So might as well pick a place that I've been to before and I want to see more of. So I think I only was in Costa Rica for maybe like 10 days in that last trip. So this one, I was like, there's so many different parts that I can go to. I found a really awesome hostel chain, um, which, you know, isn't the best for the economy, but it was really great for 
traveling from to different uh, areas within Costa Rica, and they have a really cool like co-working area. So that's promised, which is what I need since I'm working remotely. Did you do a lot of research? Did you? I'm in a lot of like travel Facebook groups and follow a lot of accounts. So I feel like there's all these influencers out there that just you know post the nomad lifestyle or like you know YouTube videos and podcasts. It's just like an endless amount of resources. Did you go down the rabbit hole with any of those, or did you kind of just kind of, you know? do it all by yourself. Oh my gosh. Yes. I had way too many tabs open about how to stay safe when traveling. Um, <laughs> um, I think my first step was um, actually talking to my my previous uh, boss. She was the chief marketing officer at the organization. And she, when I first did my interview with her, she was in Brazil and I was like, oh, is, is there a program there? And she's like, no, I'm just, I'm just traveling. And um, so she kind of showed me like, oh, I can do this while, while I'm, uh, while I'm working. So I actually talked to her a little bit about um, solo travel and she kind of gave me that um, just like the different tools that I could use to feel safe, but also just, um, just kind of communicating with me, just, just do your research, um, feel safe. But I think, yeah, my first step is probably, um, or like first recommendation is find someone who is a female solo traveler and just kind of have a candid conversation with them, tell them all your fears and they'll make you feel better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a ton of resources online of how to how to stay safe, but definitely it's um, always be aware of your surroundings. Um, but, I mean, I can go on and on about different um, like tips, but I think one of them is when you're arriving in a place, I never arrive after dark. That's just something where um, I, I get very uncomfortable when at night, obviously different places, no matter what part of the world you're in, you know, people can see that you're female, you're by yourself, you're trying to find your way, do that during the day. Um, Definitely, uh, I have something that I travel with. It's like a, it's called a birdie, and um, I put it on like my backpack or where whatever I'm using. And um, if someone tries to attack you, you can pull it, and it makes a really loud sound. Um, I have had it go off three times by itself because I put it in like different areas, and <laughs> but I've never actually had to use it, which is good. I don't know if it's the same brand, but I got one gifted for me for Christmas by my cousin. So shout out Emily, and she, um, I had it. I have it on my keychain. And it got stuck in something and my dog was around me when it went off and he lost his mind. It's so loud. So I've I've been there with that before. <laughs> oh my God, it's so embarrassing. I've had it happen when um, I was going from like, what was it? San Manuel, uh, Manuel Antonio uh, to Santa Teresa and you have to take like this like, like ferry over and they just shove all your bags in the back of the boat and mine was going off and I had to like sift through all of the bags and I was like this is so embarrassing um but it just makes me feel safe um I also have this traveling like extra door lock so I actually weirdly enough don't like staying in a private room for some reason I feel like when I'm in a bigger room if something were to happen to me 12 other people are going to be notified because they're in the same room as me. Um, however, I know that there's also those other risks as well. People stealing your things, um, whatever it may be, there's those precautions as well. But there was um, just a few times when I was in a private room and I just have this like traveling door lock where um, you have to take it out in order for um, the door to open. So there's one of those. There's one where you could put it in the doorstop. Definitely, uh, when traveling, like don't use taxis. Um, always try to go with someone, like a like 
try to find a friend at your hostel. Um, if you're using an Uber, which I do recommend just because they're actually able to track where you are. I always share my like location with my sister, Molly. Um, she is, um, you know, my, my other sister, Megan is actually in Ukraine right now. She couldn't be really <laughs> reliable with checking in on my um, Uber service, but Molly back at home, you know, she's always there to check and make sure that I get back to wherever I'm going. I know that you are vegan. So what about maybe when it comes to food options for you? I'm sure you'll have to do some research about like maybe what are the most vegan friendly places or that have a lot of plant-based options. Is that stuff that you look into as well before you go and, and pick a destination? Um, actually, it's, it's surprisingly not. Um, I mean, I have found that the places I've traveled to have so many vegan options, um, way more than the U.S. I feel like Boston is, they have like their select locations, but in Costa Rica, every single place I went to had. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They had a lot of um, different vegan options, um, or at least like labeled. Uh, I went to, I mean, in the UK, it's a huge hub for veganism. Um, I mean, I went to a vegan campout festival last weekend, um, which is kind of the primary reason for coming to the UK. And I just made a bigger trip around it. But it's, I feel like it's been really easy to find places. So, I mean, when I, when I try to figure out where I want to go, I just kind of take recommendations from people that I meet along the way, where have they been, or maybe it's locals, um, where, where do they recommend? And that's kind of when I plan. I've been a little bit more loose around when, or like where I go places, just because in Costa Rica, I was very strict on, on like two weeks in each place. And I think that didn't allow me to travel with people or just kind of like find new places. So here I've kind of been doing that and definitely lots of lots of vegan places which is great. So you started out in Costa Rica this year your first year of um, like the solo female digital nomad lifestyle. I have to figure a way to to make that more succinct but there's a lot of components and now you're in the UK. What places have you gone to in between and what are you maybe thinking about for the future? Yes, went to Costa Rica and then in between I did go to Mexico. So um, we have a program in Mexico for earthquake relief that um, the earthquake happened in like 2017 and there's still a lot of damage. So, you know, part of my job was to go, you know, take photos, get some, um, gather some content. So it was in uh, Pachutla, Oaxaca, um, which is like at the southern part of Mexico. Um, It was really beautiful there. The community was was so nice. Uh, Like I said, there was a hurricane and um, I left early just because there was no internet and I really couldn't do my job and share all the, the good work that we were doing. Um, so I left and there, uh, I went and just extended my stay in Mexico City for like a couple weeks. It was a, it's funny, I feel like a couple weeks is like short for me now. now that yeah, I I'm like, oh my God, that time. sounds so long and nice. Did you sidebar then? Because I, I have never been to Mexico. I watched one of my favorite uh, travel food shows on Netflix, Somebody Feed Phil. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Really good. I have not, no. Highly recommend and he went to Mexico City, and um, yeah, I was just amazed. I, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't realize how big it was, and the food just looked incredible. So did you have a good, as good of an experience as in Mexico City as I'm dreaming up in my head? <laughs> yes, yes, it was so good. Oh my gosh, there was definitely select vegan places that I went to almost every day. I just wanted to try their whole menu. Um, but yeah, it was, it was so fun. And I stayed in a a hostel there. It was again, a Selena hostel and they just do a really good job with like planning events, um, getting people together. They had a really awesome staff that would just be really welcoming. So I, 
met a lot of great people, um, traveled around. I'd say in the Oaxaca area, the small community I was in, um, vegan options were not uh, so common, um, which again, veganism uh, is a privilege in my mind. It's expensive, um, it's not as accessible, so I totally understand that, and I never would expect anyone to alter, you know, especially their feeding us for, for my dietary restrictions. Yeah, so that was a little bit harder, but overall, like, absolutely beautiful places. Saw so many things in Mexico City. Primarily, my favorite thing was the um, Lucha Libre. Um, it's like the wrestling. Oh my god, I had the best time. It was so, so fun to watch these grown men like fake fight each other. I don't know. <laughs> it's hilarious. That's awesome. Okay, so Costa Rica, Mexico, and where was where'd you go after Mexico? Ah uh, yes. Um so I just came right to the UK. So I've been in um London and then I was in Birmingham. Uh, well I did the vegan like camp out in between, which was kind of near rugby. Went to Birmingham, which was during the heat wave. I didn't I don't think I even left my I went to movie the, the movie theater like two different times because <laughs> it was so hot. So I didn't really see Birmingham. Um but yeah, went to Bristol, which I absolutely loved. It was very like a hipster vibe. Um, lots of street art. It's where like Banksy grew up, so you could see a lot of his artwork, which was my favorite. Really loved that area. There's a beautiful like, canal that you can walk on. But yeah, now I'm in Bath, which is um, a smaller town, a little south from um, from Bristol, and just it's Roman inspired. They have like the Roman bath, Roman baths. Again, another like canal. So I've been doing a little bit of exploring, and it's it's absolutely stunning here. Um, but after this, I have a couple more weeks left in the UK, so I'm going to go down to Brighton. Um, I have a few friends down there from my, who I met in Costa Rica, which is kind of cool. Then I'll be going up to Scotland, Edinburgh, which is how they say it here, Edinburgh, Edinburgh. But yeah, so I'll be going there for this comedy festival called The Fringe. It's really popular and they have comedians from all over the world come in. So just going to go there for um, a weekend and then get a head over to Ireland and kind of spend the rest of August there. And very excited because, uh, you know, my roots are in, in Ireland. Have you been to Ireland ever before? I have not, no. I have neither, but I, I agree. I would love to go. So yes. that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. When did you travel to Washington and did the whole cargo shipping thing? Because I remember talking about that with you, and I didn't know where that felt in the timeline. So I would love to hear about that, too, before we kind of wrap up. Yeah, no, good question. I forgot about that as well. Um, and it's funny because I feel like after that was right after I moved out of my apartment uh, last September. So, uh, again, kind of trying to ease my way into the, the traveling and kind of doing things on my own with like limited resources. So my friend Melissa, also from Stonehill, played rugby and um, she was already going. She was doing this trip by herself and she rented a, an empty cargo van, like one of those moving like Hertz vans. And um, she was just going to live in it for a couple weeks. And she's like, if you want to come, like, it's just come along. And I was like, why not? Like, I'm, why not? Why, why wouldn't I go? It'd be so fun. So, yeah, I bought my ticket and I went for seven or ten days. And we went to Olympic National Park and Glacier National Park and just hiked the whole time. We had a few, like, sleeping pads and just sleeping bags that we threw in the back of this empty van and just traveled around. And it was honestly the best way to see that part of Washington Everything was so beautiful. Even like the drive, like the, I think there was like a four hour drive from Olympic to uh, Glacier. And I mean, it's just beautiful trees and views and rolling mountains, hills, volcanoes, whatever it may be. And uh, I had the best time. I, I would love to do it again. Um, and it was really affordable too. 
That's so awesome. What have been some of the pros and cons so far of just living this lifestyle? Because of course, hearing it, I'm just already like daydreaming. (laughs) And so I feel like if I sound a little preoccupied, it's because I'm imagining all these things and I just want to go out and travel now. But you know, that's obviously very enticing and sounds really cool and fun. And like, there's no worries. You're just traveling, but clearly you're still working. You're far away from your family. Um, Like you said, you're a new niece and just your friends. And um, obviously you're able to connect with people that you meet, which is really cool. But maybe what are some things that you really have grown to love and some things that have been a little bit, they don't have to necessarily be like bad, bad if you haven't experienced anything, but just maybe a little bit of a a trickier transition or things you miss. Oh my gosh, yes. There's both pros and cons 100% to traveling solo, especially as a female. And um, I found that out right away when I first arrived in Costa Rica. And I think I spent four days just wandering around this hostel being like, how do I make friends? How do I talk to people again? Because it was also right after the pandemic where you're scared to go around people and then um also I feel like when you hit your like later 20s it's it's hard to make friends it's hard to kind of reconnect with people I feel like I've I've found that a lot so it's kind of relearning how to communicate with people and just like find that ease of communication and just like small talk but once you get the hang of it and you kind of like just put yourself out there and say like what's the worst that's gonna happen like you know but no I think definitely Um, depending on where you are, it's really easy to make friends. You can kind of find that one person in the hostel, or maybe if they're even going, walking around um, in like a touristy area, just be like, hey, like, how are you? Like, what do you think? And just kind of like striking up those conversations. Definitely, I love the independence of being able to wake up every day and be like, all right, I have to work. But, you know, before or after work, I can do whatever I want. Like, I can explore in the morning. I can kind of go about my day um, however I want and not have to really rely on anyone else. So typically when you're traveling or you're with someone else or maybe a group and you have to figure out when you're getting up, when you're getting lunch, breakfast, lunch, what are you going to see that day? And everything's all planned out. But in this way, I can really do whatever I want. People always say when you're traveling solo, you find out a lot about yourself. And that at first I was like, that's such a cliche. Like, I know who I am. No, I, I've learned so much about who I am. Um, I actually really love my, my alone time. I think I always have, but I just didn't know how much. Like, I actually really enjoy going to dinner by myself. I go get sushi and sake, like, as, like, a, a me date, um, <laughs> as a separate date other than all the um, other, like, me dates that I have on, like, the daily basis. <laughs> but, yeah, so then I really love that. Um, there's an endless list of, you know, the, the pros, I think, yeah, meeting people, obviously seeing new places, making your own schedule, um, just being really content with who you are and learning about yourself. Um, those are invaluable things. Um, and then I'd say the cons are, it could be also the other side of like being lonely. Um, it is, it can be hard to make friends. Like I said, you have to have that confidence to do so, but if you don't, it could be harder to kind of connect with people. And, um, I found the hardest thing is when you do find really great friends and you are with them for maybe even like two or three days, which isn't long, but you somehow create those really strong bonds, but then you go your separate ways and then you're like, oh shit, I have to start all over again with someone new or like a different location. And again, if you're in a hostel that maybe doesn't provide a lot of those events or that the community area that should be open that isn't. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's kind of just trying to figure out, all right, when I am hitting those like lonely times, you know, how am I making myself happy? And I think it's just, you know, calling back on your friends, 
um, you know, finding something that brings you joy. So the other night I had like my own little movie night in a, a different hostel room and actually a few people joined in, which was nice. Yeah, I'd say the biggest con is just, you know, having to leave people that you just met and starting over um, and also just not having another person to really like bounce your ideas or concerns off of. So maybe if you're traveling somewhere or if you're, you're by yourself, again, walking around, maybe it is after dinner and it's dark and you wish you had someone to walk back to your hostel with. And, you know, I, ha I have a lot of that sometimes when um, I am by myself and I see someone walking by and then they turn around and I'm like, am I okay? So yeah, I'd say it's kind of mainly those two things. There might be a few more, but I think overall it's, it's really been a positive experience and um, I don't know. I'm just excited to, to do more and I don't know. Yeah. Talk to anyone who, who has an idea to do so because solo travel is so freeing and you get to see so much. And I'd say if anyone wants to do it, just like book that ticket, like just, just book it and go and you're going to have the best time. So to wrap up with our last question, I always ask this one just cause again, I'm big on reflection and thinking about where you start and where you end. If you could pick one thing to tell a prior version of yourself, whether it's Morgan, uh, you know, in the pandemic, in that kind of September phase, or maybe even at the beginning of this year before a trip, what kind of version of yourself would you pick and what would you tell that person or what would you tell yourself? <laughs> It can be funny, it can be serious, it can be advice, like it doesn't have to be super heartfelt, whatever like you want to share. Yeah, ooh, um, I would say, I don't know, immediately I think of like, I don't know, my, my high school self and even honestly part of my college self around like, I definitely have like social anxiety and just, you know, not having the full confidence like, hey, I'm a cool person or like I'm welcoming or fun to talk to or, you know, I don't there's all those like negative thoughts that are in my mind and I think solo travel has really shown me like hey like you're you're a nice cool person to hang out with people people just want they want company they want um someone to be relatable and like have fun with and um so I'd say like maybe my number one thing is just like have confidence that like you are worthy and you can take up space and you can make friends and have a good time um I feel like <laughs> I don't know if that's really advice. I feel like that's the one that comes to my head. Like, I wish I told myself that a long time ago. Absolutely. That's awesome. I know. I'm so glad to hear it. And I'm, I know when we signed on, you were like, oh, I'm going to keep rambling and be awkward. And like, it was not at all in the slightest. So I hope that you keep shedding those beliefs. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been so, so fun. Good. I'm so glad. Thanks for coming on. And I can't wait to follow along and see all of your great travels. Oh, and your photography too. We could have just chatted for a while about that as well, but I was looking on your page today. So um, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to link that because I thought it looked really great. Yeah, definitely something I'm trying to work on, especially as traveling around. You want to take good photos of all this yeah. beautiful like <laughs> architecture and just views. Awesome. Well, thank you, Morgan. Yeah, thank you so much, Madison. This was absolutely so wonderful. And um, yeah, I can't wait to um, keep chatting. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode gave you a bite of the travel bug as well. If you know anyone who is hesitating to book that flight, make that change, please send them this episode. After we were done recording, Morgan told me how open she is to connect with others that may have questions, need advice, or just want to chat. I'd be happy to get anyone connected. You can send me a message on IG at Maddie. 
Check out the show notes as well for more info and follow along, of course, on Instagram there to stay up the date for new episodes. I have a few asks in the work, TBD though, what you'll hear next. So definitely keep an eye on that page until we meander together again. Have a great day, everyone.